Well, tonight is a special night because you've had your say and you've asked a lot of questions and tonight we're going to answer them. So why don't you give a hand to those people that are going to come up and answer those. We've got a panel tonight. We have Jesse coming up with his wife, Geordie. These guys are legends running the youth. We've also got Sammy coming up, Sammy Duppy. And Megan and I, my wonderful wife Megan and I, and we are going to answer your questions. So I think Jesse's going to get us started tonight and talk about what we're doing and kind of give a bit of clarity to it. So I hope you're looking forward to it. Be on the edge of your seats. Hey, if you're in a relationship, if you're single, if you're married, if you're 100 years old and you've never been in a relationship, you still have something to learn from tonight. So why don't you lean in, have a listen, and I'm going to hand over to Jesse to kind of let us know what we're doing. Okay. Awesome, 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 awesome. Well, I'll just draw that a little bit closer. God really loves you more than you have ever loved anyone else, more than you will ever love anyone else, more than your pet loves you. God loves you. And we need to start with this. Because God has created this thing called love and relationship and marriage and family and sex. And he's created these things for you. But he created them to be used in a certain way where they provide the most blessing and the most benefit. But if we don't listen to what God says in how to conduct ourselves when it comes to these things that he's made for us, it can lead to a lot of pain and a lot of regret and hurt. And so God, he's, he's written to us in the Bible and he's given us wisdom on how to have fantastic relationships. And if we follow that, we can guarantee that we will see blessing in our life. But if we just decide to just figure it out, figure it out ourselves and go about it how we think is best, God can't guarantee that we will be as safe. So tonight we're going to give you our experience, our wisdom. We're going to share about some of the mistakes we've made, the pain that we had to go through, maybe some of the things we regretted, and what we would recommend you do so that you don't have to go through those same problems. And it's your decision whether you want to listen to what we have to say to you tonight. If you decide, nah, I know, I know better, I'm going to do it my own way, that's okay. You can, you can make your own decisions. You can do relationships however you think is best. But we would love to save you from making mistakes that we've made before. We would love to save you from doing things that you will regret and from experiencing pain that you don't have to experience. And we'd love to see you all have an absolutely blessed life following the way that God set forward. Is that cool? Yeah. Makes sense? Okay, so we're going to get into it. There's a lot of questions. There was over 100 questions submitted by you, Strong Nation Church. Well done. There might be a few joke ones in there. I, I have uh, tried to condense these down and group similar questions together. So we've only got less than an hour, 
And we might not get through all of these, and that's okay if we don't. We can always do a part two another time. Um, but we're going to do our best to get through some things, and we're just going to share across this panel. Uh, David apologizes. We were going to have Big Dave, Big Dave, up here as well. Um, but he's probably watching at home. He's, uh, he's got the man flu. So um, unfortunately, he couldn't be here, but we'll have to get him up. Oh, also, we've looked at every single question that you have put forward, and we're, we're thankful that you have asked every single question. There were some questions that require more than just our statements from the stage. They require a bit of a discussion and a bit of a longer explanation. And some of these questions aren't appropriate for all, ears of all ages. So we've left some of these questions to be talked about when we go to Forever Free in January, okay? So... We're going to have a very open and honest conversation because we're not afraid to answer any questions you have. You can ask whatever question you want, but we don't want to say everything for 10-year-olds to hear every single thing that's going on because they don't even need to think about some of this stuff, yeah? Um, cool. Are you going to say something? No? You just ready? Okay, good. All right, so... Okay, so here's the deal with Forever Free. Uh, it's looking possible, but our original dates of the 19th to the 22nd of January isn't going to work. So if we go to Forever Free, it will be the week before that on the 12th, okay? 12th of January. So sorry if you've already NA'd in your holidays at work, if those of you who work, you might need to change that around. But the 12th of January, I think that's the Tuesday. Someone can correct me if I'm wrong. That's what we're looking for. Nicola and I are working to, with the logistics, logistics uh, and we're going to try and confirm as soon as possible that we definitely can go. But we've got to make sure that we can go without breaking COVID restrictions and stuff like that. So we're almost there. Get excited. It's looking promising. All right. So we've got some subcategories. So here we go. Holy romance. This is not some boring goody two-shoes squashing all the fun about love. No, this is how do you do romance the way that God set up for you to do so that you can have the most fun, the most blessing out of it. Cool. So category number one is questions around the idea of singleness. Singleness. So we had a couple of questions that were something along the lines of what about people who are single for life? The Bible says be fruitful and multiply, but yet some people decide that they're called to be single. Uh, and what if someone said, what if I don't want to get married? Is this wrong? So over to you guys. What do you think about that? Well, uh, yeah, look, Paul says in the Bible, uh, he says that it is better to not be married to be more effective in ministry. Then he says this, this is my words and not God's. Let me tell you what God says about it. God says, he who finds a wife finds favor with the Lord and finds a good thing. All right? So therefore, it's good to be married. So why does the Bible contradict itself like this? This is what Paul's saying. He's saying, because likely, we don't hear much about Paul's wife. In fact, we don't hear at all about Paul's wife. Uh, so we assume that he's not really with his wife which means that for him, it would have been easier if he had never been married in order to do all of his ministry. Because obviously, something's happened with his wife where they're not together anymore. Maybe he's just away a lot and missing her. Maybe she left him. We don't know, right? 
So what he's saying from that perspective is it is better for you to not be married, to be more effective because you have less responsibility, right? But then he clarifies and says, but if you want to be married, he essentially says, if you want to be married, get married. Because if you want to be married, it's more important that you get married than not be married. Now, there are some people, I've never met someone like this, but there are some people that have no desire to be married, no desire to have a relationship, no desire for any of that kind of stuff. And, that, you know, that's kind of the gift of singleness that, that some people talk about. And if that is you, it's not like you have to be married. There's no rule in the Bible that says you must be married. Uh, and so some people actually choose to either do a, a section of their life or their whole life where they never get married and never have a relationship and they use their, all of their time, all of their passion, serving the Lord and doing whatever they can for Him. And they have a bit of extra time because they're single their whole entire lives. So I wouldn't suggest it. I wouldn't recommend it. But, you know, it's not a bad thing. Excellent. All right, let's go. I guess you can clap if you want. So the next question, uh, yeah, well answered. Um, questions, there's, there's probably about eight questions here about being ready for a relationship. So how do I know whether I'm ready for a relationship? Uh, do I have to be in a good place myself? You know, mental health, things like addictions, like do, how much of myself do I need to sort out before I'm ready to have a relationship? think if we waited to be perfect, uh, we'd be single forever. So I think that the most important thing here is to rem remember when entering a relationship that your partner is not going to fix the inner issues that you have. Only God can do that. So I think if you just get your priorities right, God is on the throne and he's the one that's doing a work in you, then I think that entering a relationship with mental illness or what have you, if you're honest, I think that's fine. That's my personal opinion. Awesome. And uh, do you guys have any advice for, uh, <laughs> delayed clapping, um, any advice for people who say, I, I want to keep my eyes focused on Jesus and what God's plan is, but I get too, too distracted by wanting to be in a relationship? I think wanting to be in a relationship, being in a relationship can both be very distracting. But I don't think there's anything wrong with really wanting that. And there's nothing wrong with like being really just like head over heels for whoever that you're going out with or engaged to or married to. Those are good things. Um, but there's, there's also always time for God. And so one thing that you can do to really help you make sure that you keep those a focus is that you, in your relationship, just talk about, you know, what has God been speaking to you about lately or what are you reading about the Bible? You could start a reading plan with that person in you version or whatever it is. Uh, but try and put God at the centre of your relationship because he should be at the centre of everything you do and um, so your relationship shouldn't be any different to that. Yeah, and on the same lines, I think if you're not in a relationship and, and you're struggling to focus on God because you are focusing more on wanting to be in a relationship, um, I, w I would encourage you to use, use your time with God to speak to him about your desires. He cares about the things that you want. So, so pray about the person that you want to end up with. Pray for that person. Um, I think that's a really special thing to do. You might be praying for somebody you haven't even met yet, but God cares about those things and, and he will speak to you about it. I think God has... <laughs> You've got to decide. Are you going to clap or are you going to not clap? Um, Is that like a 20% good answer? <laughs> maybe just like a one clap and however many people clap, we'll see how good it was. Um, 
Yeah, I think, you know what? God has peace for you in your singleness. You do not have to be single and tortured. God has the peace for you where you can go to him and minister with him and, and talk with him and get to a place where you're actually really content. That's the, I can do all things through Christ who strengthened me that Pastor Elijah talked about, you know. I can endure all things, including singleness. God has answers for you if you just press into him enough. And it's funny, I feel, my experience is just when you decide, okay, God, I'll just forget about that. Somebody throws a Happy Meal at you at Macca's. Long um, story. <laughs> we might get into that later. Cool. Can guys and girls just be friends? What are the boundaries there? No. Um, <laughs> Hello, Megan. Hi. <laughs> so um, I think, yes, yeah, so guys and girls, you, you guys can be friends in the context before marriage. I think when you're married, uh, things change and you are committed to your spouse. I think it's, it, you can't be best friends with another guy when you are committed to your best friend. That's, that's fair enough. When you are single and girls and you go, but he's just my best, you know, he's just my best friend. He's like a brother to me. Often there can be, uh, I guess, feelings from the other person that you don't know about and there can be, can lead to some hurt down the track. Um, so I think there needs to be lots of communication going on before you lead someone, someone on, if that makes sense, instead of just hanging out and being best friends and there's nothing happening. And two years down the track, you find out that he or she, um, there was feelings. They're and in love with you. They have been the whole time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you friend zone them. <laughs> Yeah, and I think, you, don't, you, know, uh, you know, guys don't want to cut another guy's lunch. So if they see that you're friendly with another guy, they'll let that go. So, yeah, do, do with like, that what you want. It's like every cheesy Christmas Netflix movie that you're all watching at the moment is about this story. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I would say 10 out of 10 times I've seen this. Someone always starts to feel for the other person in a, in a, in a more than... Like in a closer than average guy and girl relationship, yeah, um, yeah so it always happens. Yeah, and especially when you're hanging out like one-on-one -on -one and, you know, going out and doing like dinner or going to the movies and things like that, it's almost inevitable. Yeah. But in, when you're in the single stage, you should have as many friends of the opposite sex as you can. Yeah. Um, that's a really good thing. It's a really healthy thing. And to go out with coffee with one of them or a couple of them occasionally is a really good thing too. Um, you know, going out for coffee doesn't mean you put a ring on their finger. All right, so that's not a bad thing. Excellent. Cool. Okay, so the last kind of category of questions. Oh, there was one similar to what we had before, actually, about giving it another go, about bringing baggage from a previous relationship. How do I know that I'm not going to bring that baggage into a new relationship? But I feel like Sammy kind of answered that on the other one before. It's a very similar line. Yeah. So then the last kind of category of question we had for singleness was about third wheeling or fifth wheeling or seventh wheeling, whatever it is, <laughs> whatever Solly does. And um, so, <laughs> so here's, here's some Solly, of the... Solly, do you want to come up here and answer that here's, one? <laughs> well, he'll have plenty of time. So uh, here's some of the questions. So uh, how do I navigate friendships in this season when it seems like all my friends are either dating, engaged or married? 
How do I feel happy for those friends? Um, and, ha- and on the flip side, how do you tell a friend that their relationship isn't good for them? Over here. Um, so one thing on the whole third wheel in, um, I remember when I was at school and all my friends were like in relationships and so I was like the ultimate third wheel and, or like seventh wheel, it was just getting ridiculous. And um, I remember my mum actually... And I rescued her. Thank you. <laughs> um, my mum actually told me to actually watch, look at those relationships and um, observe what do you like and what don't you like? What do you want to bring into your relationship? What things like that you go, actually, I don't find that good in their relationship. And so I actually use that time to, not like, it sounds weird, like stalkerish, but um, to observe, to, to see what, oh, I loved how those friends didn't make me feel like I was the third wheel. I was a part, I love that. Um, so yeah, that's just like an encouragement. If you feel like you're the third wheel, use this time as well to kind of, Look at what do you desire for your relationship, your future relationship. Um, there was lots of other questions. I can't remember. Yeah, so uh, that was good. And then there was how do you tell a friend their relationship isn't good for them? I think you've got to be good mates to tell them that. You've got to be really good mates to tell them that. And um, but often they won't listen to you. And you, you've then got to choose a friendship over being right. Because if they don't listen to you and you're like, well, I'm done with you because you're in a bad relationship, then if that relationship ends, you want to be the guy that they come to or the girl that they come to um, when, you know, they know that they've got a friend. Um, so I think, yeah, if you're good mates, you can say it, but um, don't die on that hill. Just on being the third wheel, if, you, um, if you're the couple in that little tri-friendship, don't be jerks. Like, your poor single friend. Don't be making out in front of them. We've got a club over here. I see that here. Don't be cuddling. Like, when you're hanging out together, be cool. Be cool. Be friends. That's why you're hanging out together. So, yeah, I think sometimes that's more about the couple than it is about the single person. Excellent. I'm sorry, before we close this category, I just, I really felt to say that, you know, God made a promise to Abraham in his ripe old age. And it took a long, long time and he was getting impatient and so was Sarah. But God keeps his promises. So you might feel that you're in a season of being single and that it's just never going to happen for you. Don't forget the God that you serve. He keeps his promises and just have faith. Excellent. So singleness category over. The next one is the biggest category with the most questions in it. And it is called Ready to Mingle. So starting us off, how do I start a relationship? So we've got people, maybe they've been talking to someone for a while. They're unsure if they want to have an official relationship um, or they like someone, but they don't know that they like them or they like someone else. How do we start a relationship? So I think if you know that you're kind of ready for one, and my, my advice would be, I'm not telling you what to do, all right? Just hear this. This is what I did and what I'd recommend for everyone to do is wait until you finish school. Just because you have such a better, clearer headspace and you know so much more about who you are and where your life is headed once school's finished, that it's such a good idea just to wait till you finish school. But anyway, that aside. I think, just go for it, guys. Dating somebody does not mean you have to marry them. Okay? And if somebody else is dating somebody, it doesn't mean that if they break up, then those guys failed, all right? Or if they kind of suss each other out and they decide they didn't fail, that was success. 
And so if you go into a relationship going, can I marry this person? Is this somebody that I want to spend the rest of my life with? If at some point along the line you found out it's not somebody you want to spend the rest of your life with, that's a really good thing. Because it's a lot better finding it out then than finding it out a year after being married or 10 years after being married, whatever it is. So anyway, go for it, I reckon. Give it a go. Give it a crack. Can I just speak to the younger people in the room tonight? It is a fact that your brain has not even fully formed at the age you're kind of sitting at, at that 10, 11, 12 age. So relationships require a lot of maturity and a lot of life experience. And you will find yourself very swamped with emotion, not knowing how to deal with this thing called relationships. And this is why Papa Jude is saying, leave it to the side, get on with life, enjoy life, enjoy being young, and wait till you are of a mature age where you can handle that kind of thing. I feel so old. I'm older than you. Excellent. All right, I've got a couple of rapid fire for you guys. So, number one, should guys still be asking dad's permission to date or marry a daughter? Yes. No. Not always. (laughs) I've got a yes and a no. I'm yet to ask Megan's dad. Not sure how it's going to go. We're still waiting. (laughs) It's based on the father. Know the relationship. I think if Judah asked my dad to date me, he would have thought this guy over here is weird. Oh, hang on. Date. Oh, no. Date slash marry. Marry, yes. Date, no. A lot of guys, uh, a lot of girls in the church, if I was to date them, I would have asked the dad. But because Megan's dad, that would have been really weird for his culture and context, I wouldn't do that. But I did ask him to marry her before I I proposed. He said yes. (laughs) That's good. Excellent. All right, next one. Uh, What if I like someone who's already in a relationship with someone else? Let it run its course. Just wait. Be patient. I mean, if they marry them, probably good time to start looking for somebody else. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's plenty of fish in the sea, right? Yeah. Um, okay, what about this one? God has told me who I'm going to be with. What should my next steps be without scaring them off? Sammy, I loved your answer to this one. What was it? <laughs> what did I say, Papa Jude? Did, did you take your shoes off? Oh, yes. Yeah? Yeah. Do you want to explain that? (laughs) I'm going to say it. Okay. Um, You've got to be sure you're hearing from God. And I think Tali preached a really good sermon on hearing from God. So if you're unsure, go back and watch it. Um, Sarah. Sarah did. Sarah. Um, Tali, you're up next week. I'm so busy thinking about shoes. Um, (laughs) um, So... Uh, my dad used to say to me, you know, if, if I felt that I heard from God or if I said, oh, God told me, he'd say, did you take off your shoes? You're standing on holy ground of God speaking one-on-one to Is you. Is there a flaming bush? Yeah. Like, what's going on? <laughs> just be sure. Just seek God out and make sure that's exactly what he is saying to you. And in relationships, it is very hard to hear from God. I know people that <laughs> swear they've heard from God and uh, it's ended in massive disaster. So, yeah. uh, I, no. I personally do not think God will tell you who to marry because... Because God gave you free will. So God wants you to talk with him about how to make a good choice and then make that good choice. I don't think God's saying this is the person you have to marry because he's, he's given the choice over to you. That's my opinion and my experience. It's good. So, awesome. Um, okay, last for the, frapp- for the uh, <laughs> frappuccino. I don't even know why that word came out. Um, last for the rapid fire round. Um, yeah. 
We had an overwhelming number of people ask, can girls make the first move? Why doesn't the yes. guy just hurry up? Please. Nah. <laughs> nah, jokes. Yeah, they can. They can. Is this time to pull out the Macca story? Uh, go quick, yeah. You got one minute. Quick. Okay, so uh, Valentine's Day, six years ago, walked into Macca's, thought, I'm going to talk to the homeschooled kid. He is not going to know how to handle a girl talking to him. <laughs> Went over, started, I didn't have any roses, so I started you ripping. You did. You had uh, flowers that a 10-year-old had given you This is a fast story. Details later. Um, started ripping up the happy meal. He loves Valentine's. me. He loves me not. Asked him to sit next to me. We were talking about this today. Asked him to sit next to me and he said to me, the view's better from over here. And that is when I knew I was going to marry him. <laughs> God told me. <laughs> Smooth. No, but uh, clearly, clearly extroverted, confident Geordie made the first move there and it, it worked out a success. And I think that um, if I'd let Jesse make the first move, then we probably would just still be dating now, right? <laughs> he thinks things through. No. <laughs> no, look, there is something to be said about being chased. Um, be, being chased. Girls like to be chased. I think boys like the chase. And it's important. But um, I think, in my opinion, I've heard plenty of times, the girls buy into this idea of the Disney story and they sit I've on... I've been dreaming of a trick. <laughs> They, they sit waiting for Prince Charming to come along and sweep them off their feet and then he's going to be perfect and he's never going to get it wrong. And if the, the boy doesn't do X, Y and Z, they're not good enough. And I think this is hard for me to say. Sometimes we need to lower our standards a little bit and realise that they're human and, and they're not perfect. So um, you girls, you... You deserve to be treated with the utmost respect and like you're a princess, but don't be a princess about it. <laughs> nice. That's a good hashtag. Okay, next question. Breaking up. How do we break up well? I think just don't hate the other person when you break up. Mm. I mean, if you're going to break up with somebody, do it uh, as though you want to still be friends. Um, and I think the best way to do that is to acknowledge, hey, we went into this going, can we marry each other? We've come out of it deciding, no, we can't. So we succeeded. Like I said before, it's success. So I think if you come at, come at it with the viewpoint of, hey, this has, been, this has been success, it's really hard and it's sucky and I don't feel good about it, but, uh, you know, we achieved what we wanted to achieve. Um, and you can still be friends. Not heaps good friends, but you can still be uh, friends. So, yeah. There will be a change there, you know, yeah. You won't be uh, back to normal how we used to be. And, and don't talk smack about them behind their back. Yeah. Yeah, important. Excellent. Um, okay, so we had a couple of complicated situations. So number one, bring it. Uh, I like someone, but their family doesn't like me. What should I do? I'll do that one too. Um, <laughs> look, when you marry someone, you marry their family. And so you have to be okay in that relationship. That, I mean, this is all a part of dating, where you, in that dating period, you've got to decide, would I be okay with marrying this family? Because you really do. And that's not to say you have to find the best ever family. You've just got to be okay with entering into that family. And so if you can be okay entering into a family where you know that maybe they don't see that highly of you or they hate you or whatever it is, uh, then, then that's okay but um, if you're going to do that, then you just need to be the best Jesus you can be to those people. 
And, uh, you know, even if they hate you, you've got to love them. And, uh, you know, you just got to hope that one day maybe they'll come around. Uh, but you, you first need to decide, am I okay with marrying a family that hate me? Awesome. Second complicated situation. I went on a date with someone and it didn't work out, but now I'm interested in their sibling. What should I do without it being weird? Who's going to say go for it first? <laughs> oh, look. Just communicate and then go for it. <laughs> Excellent. Okay, moving on. Okay, so another category we had inside the Ready to Mingle was, I called it That's Unusual. Um, so, thoughts on online dating, sliding into DMs. I think it's all good, personally. I just think that you've got to be, uh, make sure that you have boundaries. Obviously, there's an age um, that you need to be. Um, you know, letting people know that what you're doing and, yeah, you've just got to be really discerning. But I think in this day and age, it's something that um, is quite common. So my personal opinion is, yep. Well, I would just maybe come against that a little bit and just say um, that if you're really young, then I wouldn't even go near it because I think you've got enough people around you that, um, you know, you don't need to go searching people out on the internet. And um, the culture of online dating today has become very different to what it was five years ago even. And so you just got to make sure that you're doing the culture of a godly dating rather than the culture of Tinder today where I like the look of that chick, I'm going to swipe. So, yeah. yeah but totally. also agree with what Sammy said. So uh, most of those uh, dating apps are 18 plus, right? I'm I'd really hope so. Many, so I don't know. <laughs> but anyway, don't yeah. lie on your form. Don't lie. <laughs> don't lie on your form. You can vote if you're 170 years old in America, so anything's possible. I, I, would, I would have a think, say you're on an online dating app, have a think, is this person on here because they're trying to find the right person that they want to marry in, under the eyes of God? <laughs> like, do you think, is that why they're on there? To have a look at their profile? Mm, just have that in mind because, like we said, yeah, the culture... You could be getting yourself into something that you didn't know what you were getting into. Um, and you don't want to you don't want to have those kind of regrets. But I'm not against online dating either. I think it's I think it's technology, it's the future. Um, okay, next one. Is it okay for me to leave this church if I don't find anyone that I could see myself with? Let me just say what I would do in that situation. If I was single and I was in the church and there was nobody around that I, I felt like would be a good life partner for me a good wife for me in the future, I would still come to this church, but we don't do Sunday nights, right? So I would go out on Sunday nights and I'd go visit the other churches and just see if I can make some good friends with some people that are around my age um, at other churches. Wouldn't be a creep about it, don't get me wrong. Um, I'd probably take a group of people with me and um, I, I think that's great. If it gets to the stage where you feel like there's somebody at another church that you want to go and pursue, man, go for it. Uh, you know, we are all the Church of Christ and um, there's nothing wrong with going to another church um, because you want to pursue a relationship with somebody. But I, w I would encourage you not to just go because you've heard there's a lot of single people somewhere, but go visit and um, go see if you can strike up some connections with those people. Um, but a, a church is a really big thing to leave. So I think leaving uh, without pursuing something in particular, like a, knowing that a relationship could go somewhere with somebody, go somewhere with somebody, um, then that's, uh, I probably wouldn't recommend it. It might be a bit tricky, but you will not regret making more friends. Make your network wide. Have many, many, many friends from all different areas. 
Yeah. Awesome. Um, should I always date with the intention of getting married? Uh, what if I'm in high school and I don't see marriage in the near future? How long is too long to date? Yeah, I think, personally, I think, yeah, date for the intention of marriage. Um, otherwise, you're almost setting yourself up for to fail. And as Judah said, what and I agree, I, we recommend wait till you finish school to start dating. Um, but, you know, as, as he said as well, that, you know, if you don't get married and you guys are broken up, it's not a failure. It's still a success. Um, but I wouldn't recommend going and trying to date as many people as possible before you're ready to get married. Uh, just because relationships are hard and you're bringing in, um, you know, all the breakups and, and everything like that. And there's so much, I guess, baggage than you're bringing into your relationship that you're ready to get married into. Awesome. Uh, okay, so should I date someone who is not a Christian? No. Great, moving on. Um, un- equally yoked, right? Unequally yoked. It's just yeah. not wise. Can you imagine trying to come into a relationship with this kind of foundation that we're talking about tonight and the person opposite you is looking at you like, What? It's just so hard um, when you stand on a different moral ground to get someone who is not a Christian to understand where you're coming from. So, And like Paul said before, don't marry if you want to serve God with the rest of your life. More importantly, don't marry somebody who doesn't want to serve God because uh, they're going to even more hold you back from the call of God that's on your life. So marry somebody who also wants to serve God with their life, I think is a great idea. I think we live in this world at the moment where... Um, if you say an answer like no, bluntly, um, depending on the context, it can be misconstrued as, um, you know, unfair and um, unkind to just be so blunt about a decision like that. But we need to remember that when we're getting into a relationship, um, this is about your future and you need to be a little bit selfish about your decisions because, and, and I really believe that when you are dating to marry, um, you you should be prayerful about the person that you're in a relationship with. And you really should be thinking about what do you want your future to look like? What kind of person do you want to be your running partner for the rest of your life? So I think there is this selfishness. Um, selfishness is really the wrong word, but I'm going to use it. There's this selfishness about um, dating and being in a relationship. You're actually trying to find the right person for you. When you get married, that flips and your marriage will work best when you are committed to being the right person for the other person. Um, but while you're dating, you need to you need to be really real with yourself and make, make some decisions based on what is going to be good for you in your future. Awesome. Can I get a few yeses or nos? Uh, does long distance work? Yay yeah. or nay? Yes, it can. Okay, is flirting okay? Yeah. Flirting. Yeah. If you're single. I don't know, Jesse. Yeah. Is yeah. flirting Context. okay? Great. Context. If you're single, excellent. <laughs> if you're single. Uh, flirt to convert? No. Okay. No. Um, okay. Can, we've had quite a few questions around dating culture, like dating versus courting, uh, coffee dates, uh, <laughs> regular degular dates. I don't know who wrote that one. Um, Actively looking for a girlfriend, boyfriend, uh, age differences, what's okay, 16 and 20-year-olds, 20 and 30-year-olds. Uh, can you guys 
maybe in like one sentence or two sentences sum up what kind of dating culture is a healthy, godly culture around dating? Dating church. Um, I say what I mean when I say that is be on mission together. So, um, if you're dating somebody who doesn't want you to be involved in the body of Christ, then I would encourage you to to have some questions about that. Um, because it's kind of a bit of a glimpse of your future. So I think it's really healthy to to date in church, be here together on a Friday night, um, be involved with your friends. Um, yeah. Yeah, I just add to that. So uh, I think like kind of what you're saying, it suss people out in a group, you, you know, be friends with a group of people and try and get to know people that could be potential partners for you uh, in the future in a group. And then if you find somebody that you're interested in, ask them out for coffee. And everybody, can we just agree coffee is just coffee? And we can all go out for coffee with each other, even if we're not interested with each other. And uh, we're not going to start rumours or gossips about that because that just ruins people's lives and friendships. And um, go out to coffee with somebody. And then if you've done a few coffees and you're still interested in somebody, then maybe that's the time you ask yourself, maybe this is, this is someone I want to ask to be my girlfriend or someone I want to ask to be my boyfriend. So that's kind of the process I would think. I think you can find out a lot about a person before you enter into a romantic relationship with them. And you could, there's probably many cases where you could avoid some breakup and heartbreak because you just became a good enough friend first that you figured out, yeah, they're a no-go, they're a no-go. He's crazy, yeah. Yeah. So I recommend have lots and lots of friends and, uh, and then you can do the romantic part once you figure out who you might want to pursue. Awesome. The uh, last one for this topic, we're, we're, we're trying to get through this. Um, so what if God's put someone in my path, but uh, they're not my type? Do I trust God even though I'm not attracted or that interested? Well, I think you've got to ask yourself, what, what, what does your type mean? Like, if you're, if you're shallow enough to say that you're not going to date anybody that doesn't have blonde hair, I think you need to check that in yourself. I think um, before Jude and I dated, um, you have like a list of what you you want in a guy or a guy's what you want in a girl. And um, I, my list like had all these weird things. He filled nothing, none of them. And <laughs> I had like... Except ride, for super good looking. Super good looking. No, I had like, I don't know why, like rides motorbikes and like <laughs> had all these like random things. Um, but... And so I think if you're out to find the perfect guy that you think is going to fill all these, you know, ticks that you've got down on your list, uh, he, one, he's probably never out there. And two, God, ha- you know, might have someone else who is actually more perfect and better suited for you. And I think you've got to be, allow yourself to try or, you know, give a go, give another person a go that you might not think is, you know, ticks all the boxes. So... Um, I know with Judah and I, we just became best mates. And, um, and then it was like, obviously, like, oh, actually, no, he's perfect. But it, from what I thought was perfect, it was the complete opposite. Took a little convincing, fellas. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Okay, our next category is boundaries. So, setting up for success, what boundaries would you guys recommend so don't, just don't put yourself in that position where you're going to stuff up. 
And so for me, that's always never be alone in a room where no one else is around. If the two of you are going to be alone, be in a public and crowded space, so like a McDonald's or something like that, or if you want to get fancy, a cafe, I don't know. Um, and so, those, I mean, that is really big for me. Don't, don't ever be alone in a room um, because if you're alone in a room, anything can happen. And I know you say, oh, I trust him or I trust me or whatever. Uh, don't. Don't trust yourself. That's stupid. God's created you to do things that you are not supposed to do until you're married. And so your body will want to do them. Don't do them. So just don't put yourself in a position where you can. Yeah, there's, we, we talk about how there's this little clock inside you. And when you're in a relationship with somebody, if you imagine that clock as a candle, every bit of intimate time you spend together is lighting the candle and letting it burn down. And eventually it's going to hit the bottom and it won't matter how righteous you want to be or how <laughs> logical you want to be in your head. I tell you, it will not matter. It doesn't matter how much conviction you have. There's a point where animal instinct kicks in. And so <laughs> don't trust yourself, okay? There is a clock. And so think about intimate time, you know, intimately on the phone together, intimately in places which are, you know, quite romantic. These things are okay, but you're, you're burning that candle down. It's burning down, it's burning down, it's burning down. If you want to date for six years before you get married, well, be careful because your candle is only so long. And, and you can, like, that, that can go very quick in a matter of weeks even if, if you're not careful. So, um, yeah, be careful about that. I remember my youth pastor saying to me, um, nothing good happens after midnight, Geordie. And um, that counts for talking on the phone as well, like those one-on-one conversations um, when you're tired and you're just kind of not, you know, thinking, thinking straight. For us, I would normally just fall asleep on the phone. See, nothing good happens after midnight. <laughs> <laughs> Another common one is, is family holidays. Like, can we go on a family holiday together for a relationship? Well, you can, but that's a really intimate situation. You're on a family holiday. And that whole time, the candle's burning down. And you better make sure you're ready to keep those boundaries in place the whole time too. The whole time, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Can I snuggle under a blanket and watch a movie? No. No, you can't. <laughs> Just don't do it. Just don't do that, okay? It costs you two rings and 30 days notice and then you can. <laughs> two rings. Yep. Yeah. Trust me. Is it stay vertical. Yes, stay vertical. <laughs> that it's reduces as, a lot of risk. It's as simple as if you touch the fire, you will get burnt. So do not touch it, yeah. right? <laughs> Wait for the fireplace, fire. right? It's good. Okay. So speaking of these urges... We had a few questions about how do I control these urges when I'm, I'm quite attracted to my boyfriend or girlfriend. I think it comes down to don't trust yourself. Don't put yourself in that situation where you are going to be vulnerable in that position because, again, you were designed to have those urges and designed to have them fulfilled in a certain context. So you need to wait until you're in that context before uh, you allow yourself to be in that situation. So just... Boundaries, boundaries, boundaries. Don't try and get as close to the edge of the boundaries as you can. Stay away. Once you've crossed a line, it's not uncrossable. It, you will want to cross the next line and the next line. I, I recommend leaving as many lines to cross as possible for as long as possible. Yeah. Because when you're married, the gates are open. Run free. <laughs> Just whatever. No, no worries. Like, you're not going to regret, oh, I wish we did this sooner. No, no. You're going to be so happy 
that you disciplined yourself and were wise and waited and saved what is actually so special and magical for the the best context for that to be in rather than using that up earlier. I think a great way to um, keep yourself accountable is to pitch your parents in the room. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, that'll do it. Uh, I once heard a dad say to uh, his daughter and his daughter's date for the night, as they were going out, he said, hey, mate, said to the guy, he said, I will do to you whatever you do to her tonight. Have fun. <laughs> so just think about that. Yeah, and I, I think just on that, also your, what you entertain in your mind can go a long way in terms of, like, lust and, and that attraction and that desire. Like, you think, oh, I'm just imagining it. Well, yeah, but, like, this is how good imagination is, right? They've done studies people who practice piano in real life and people who practice piano in their mind, the ones who practiced exclusively in their mind were 80% as good as those who actually practice on a real piano. So, like, your mind is a huge key to where you go. And, uh, you know, we talk about things like bouncing your eyes and just bouncing your thoughts. And things will come into your mind, and that's fine. But if you entertain them, you're just lighting that candle and letting it burn down. So... Can I say yes. one more thing? Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> just, um, just on filtering yourself when you're you're dating as well. I think um, sometimes we think we've got to tell our partner absolutely everything we're thinking all the time. Um, reserve that for God. <laughs> and I, I think it's really healthy to have somebody that you are an accountable to who's outside of the relationship, because it's not always good for your. Um, your, your boyfriend or your girlfriend to be just hearing every single thought that crosses your mind because sometimes it can lead them um, into the wrong place as well. Like saying, hey, honey, I'm really struggling with sexual thoughts about you is not a good thing to say to your boyfriend or girlfriend. Really not a good thing. That's not going to help either of you. So go to a leader or someone you trust or even a parent and, and tell them about the issues. You don't need to vomit everything out onto your boyfriend or girlfriend. Awesome. All right, next category. Is it love? Is it love? Is, could it be love? So we had a few, a few in this kind of category. So the first, the first one was, how important is physical attraction to a relationship and to a marriage? Essential. Excellent. That's all I have to say about that. And Okay, okay. following that on, how, how do I know that my feelings aren't just about looks do you have fun doing things with that person like do you guys have fun doing the same things whether it's board games or kayaking or jumping off bridges or whatever you do for fun do you guys have fun doing those things together are you laughing together those kind of things those are really important um because they're not based on looks um but they're they're important things to be attracted to and i think as well are you proud of the person they are like, you know, are you proud when you show off that person to your parents or whatever it is? Um, are there things in their life that stand out as exemplary or, or is their character really good that, you know, you can tell by, are you proud of them? Excellent. That's really good. Okay, the next one, what is love? How do I know if I'm in love? Uh, how do I tell the difference between liking someone in my head or in my heart? Uh, and what's the difference between love and lust? That's me. <laughs> uh, okay. 
so I, I think this is, this is actually going to get into the next question, so let's talk about them together. So the, the next group of questions was what I call Disney love, like soulmates and the one and, and all of this idea of uh, there's one person that God created in existence that's for me. And gosh, I hope I find them, otherwise I'm going to miss out. And so you're looking for true love to hit you. And is it true love? Is it not true love? And you're waiting, and, you're, and, and I think a lot of people are just searching their emotions, trying to see, and I love them today, and then, oh, I don't love them tomorrow, and what's going on? And so I think if you see love as just how you feel on a particular day, it's going to mislead you uh, very quickly. Um, on the flip side, you also, like Judah just said before, you don't want to get into a relationship purely on, yeah, that's a logical good match. I mean, there's no chemistry. I don't feel any attraction. I don't get the butterflies, but it seems like a really good idea. That's not a really good idea, right? So I think there's this balance where you, you surrender it to God. You find someone who you have chemistry with, obviously, and then you surrender it to God and have a good honest look about, is this a healthy relationship? Is this good? Do we have the same values about parenting and marriage and sex and uh, church and the kingdom, you know? So I, I hope that kind of answers it. Yeah? I just wanted to share. I thought I was in love with everybody. I, I love him. And then, oh, no, that I love him now. Um, and I, I love is something that grows, and it grows through relationship, and then it grows even more through marriage. So is it love? Well, it might be the beginning of or it might not be. But when you make a choice to love someone, that will then grow. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Love is not this magical thing you're trying to find out there somewhere. It's something that you cultivate and, and work on and grow. And, and so we had another question. Can I be in a relationship with somebody and start having feelings for someone else? Or can I have feelings for someone who's in a relationship with someone else? You absolutely can. And you could even think, yes, I kind of love them. But that's where you have this choice. Am I going to feed that thing and grow that thing, which is not good and will cause a lot of hurt and regret? Or am I going to let that feeling, am I going to surrender that back to God and say, God, you can have that? Yeah, and don't break up with someone or end a relationship just because you're not feeling it. Like, give that time. And, um, you know, there are days where you just don't feel it in a relationship, but it doesn't mean you don't love them. And so just give that time. It's not like, you know, I haven't felt it for the last week and a half, so, you know, the relationship's over. Don't be like that. Yeah, sometimes love is a feeling, and then other days love is a choice. And that's just the truth. Do we have any thoughts on how long you should be in a relationship before you decide to get married? Oh. Um, Longer than I would have liked, apparently. <laughs> Yeah, I think we were together like three, just under three years before we got married. Um, I have, um, I strongly believe that you should do the seasons with someone that you're dating. And for that, for some people that might only take six months and some it could take three years. But what the seasons mean is, hey, when you first enter like a relationship with someone, you're in the honeymoon period and everything's going really well and, you know, you're just, it's all high. Um, I encourage you to see that person at their lowest yeah. of their low. 
And as I said, that could be in six months. You know, they might have a family, something happen or something could come up and you can see how they deal when things aren't going great. When the relationship, you might be, you know, having some arguments or whatever, but you can see where that person, their true character is like at their low, not just at their high. Because then when you get into, when you marry and, you know, things aren't going great or the honeymoon period is over, you go, oh, this is how, you know, is this how he responds to stress? Is this how he responds when, you know, not everything's going great? You, you want to see that before you make, I guess, that decision to marry that person. If that makes sense. Yeah, great. Yeah. And can I just say, you know, in, in the world that we live in today, marriage um, isn't, well, it appears that it isn't a big thing. But for Christians, it absolutely is. And that's why it's important that we do these seasons together. Because once we're married, we're choosing to make a commitment to that person for the rest of their life. So dating is really important and doing these seasons is really important. Because marriage is a covenant made before God. And, and we, we honour that. So, yeah, do season. I agree. Completely agree. Awesome. I'm going to skip through a few questions just for the sake of time and because I think it's important that we get to our last category of questions for the night. So our, our final topic is, is it wrong? And uh, so I'll just read you this first question straight up. So it says, if I had a teen pregnancy, would I have to have an abortion or break up with my boyfriend? What happens if my family disowns me and the baby? So uh, I actually had Rico when I was 17. And um, at the time, I was really worried about uh, what church life was going to look like for me. Um, You know, I had this preconception that I was going to be judged um, and cast out of the church and what have you. And uh, I was actually really scared to tell my dad. And so I decided to tell everyone else before I told him. And funny enough, everyone else who, they weren't involved in church and um, they weren't walking with God, uh, were really cranky with me and pretty much wiped their hands of me um, for a moment. Um, And then finally I got to the point where I was like, right, I'm ready to tell my dad. And, you know, he loved me and he was so gracious and he showed me the grace of God. And in the same way, that's who we are as a church. Is this something that my dad wanted for my life? Absolutely not. Is this something that God encourages us to do? Absolutely not. Why? Because it's hard, you know, it, it's a journey and we can save ourselves so much heartache if we just listen to what God wants us to do because he wants what's best for us. But if we decide to do things ourselves like I did, um, God still loves you and the church will still love you. Is that what they want for you? Not at all, but God can turn any bad situation into a good situation. And, you know, today I stand here and I'm able to share my story because God did that in my life. So, yeah. So good. And, and, and when it comes to abortion, there is always another option. Yeah. And so I would just really encourage you, don't seek out that option. Um, if you do, we will love you no matter what. That's not what that's about. Um, but there are so many better options, um, and you can still flourish and thrive while, while having a baby while you're in high school. Um, we, can, we can help you do that, and we can surround you. That's what the church is for, to help, help people and surround people when they're at the toughest times in their life. So if you're, if you're afraid of how tough it's going to be or telling people whatever, and um, you think an abortion is a better option, uh, there are other options out there. So, yeah. You, you won't regret not aborting that kid. 
you might regret doing it though. Yeah, I was going to say I've, I've watched like videos about um, abortion clinics where they say, you know, go through with this and then you can walk away from it and you never have to think about it again. And I think that is just such a lie. It's not the case. And I, I really believe that the moment that that baby is conceived and there is a baby inside of you and the moment you find out that there is a baby inside of you, you're already a mother. Um, and so to just take to just take that life, it doesn't it doesn't leave you with no more problems. It actually creates a lot of heartache. Um, and so the, the, I really do believe that the church is, is here to, um, to support life and encourage life and to love on people. And, um, yeah, so, so doing that will, will never be something that would be shamed by the church. Awesome. Okay, so we've got a couple of questions uh, around the topic of sex outside of marriage. So what do I do if my family or my peers are pressuring me to have sex before marriage? Don't. Still don't. Yeah. We will encourage you not to. And, uh, you know, we'll support you even when other people don't support you to not do that because it's a really good decision not to do that. And, uh, I mean, we can get into that maybe in personal conversations as to why it's really important um, not to have sex before marriage. But um, let me just picture this if Megan dated someone before me and that person had slept with Megan I would be like why'd you do that to my wife so think about that when you're dating somebody that maybe you won't marry them and maybe that's somebody else's wife or somebody else's husband Mm. now anyway that's just my two cents and can I just say uh, being in a relationship under the the blessing of God it's different and it changes things and if you want to like I envision an umbrella and you nestle underneath the umbrella of God. And if you want to do things outside of that covenant of marriage, you're going to get wet. You're going to get cold. You've got to bring yourself underneath God and His anointing mm-hmm. and that covenant that you make before Him, and your marriage will be blessed. Your relationship will be blessed. Mm-hmm. Doing it without God is a, you're asking for trouble and you're asking for hurt. So, Another question, if my partner wants to do something sexual that I don't want to do, is it acceptable for me to allow them to do it with someone else as a one-off? No. No. Dump him. (laughs) Enough said. Um, Okay, so what if I have had sex in a previous relationship? Is this an issue? Um, No. I think you have to be very honest in your relationship with the person that you're in. Um, you need to let them know, uh, I guess, of, of your past. Um, and so just so that, yeah, that they're aware. I think um, people do make mistakes or you're in a relationship before you found God. Um, that's okay. You need to forgive yourself. You're not doomed for the rest of your life. Um, and so I think it is important that you do forgive yourself, but also when you're going into a relationship, you need to be honest with your partner of your past as well. Yeah, and as Jesse said, once you cross a line once, you want to cross it again. And even if it wasn't with that person, it'll make your next relationship really hard not to cross that line. So, um, yeah, boundaries are even more important uh, in your next relationship. But it no, in no way disqualifies you. Because there's no condemnation in Christ. There's conviction. The Holy Spirit will convict us, but we're not condemned. So we may come with a past, but we're set free through Jesus. Yeah, I think, I think it's absolutely true that 
there are consequences when you don't do something God's way. And, and you will have to deal with those consequences. But God is a God who restores things, and he can. It doesn't matter what you've done or how far you've gone. God can restore it, and you can have a blessed, wonderful, brilliant marriage under God. You absolutely can. And it can be just as good as it would have been had you not done that. But you're going to have to go on a journey of restoration in yourself and a healing and then you're going to have to go on a journey with your future uh fiance or or boyfriend girlfriend whatever and and you're going to have to go on a journey with them now some people they might say to you i don't want to know about your past all i care is about your future i don't need to know details and that's that's totally fine but other people it might really matter to them what your past has looked like and that could be a deal breaker for them and so you do owe it to them when you get to a point in a relationship where it's quite serious, where you do talk to them about whatever your past has entailed because you do not want them to find out after you're married and for that to cause a bomb to go off inside your marriage. So it's much better to do the hardest things before you're married uh, in terms of figuring that out with each other than it is uh, while you're already committed to marriage that you didn't understand. So... Yeah, I hope, I hope we said a lot there. God is a God that restores. I cannot stress that enough. But you will have to go on a journey of restoration. And if you, if you want to talk to any of us about that journey, we have a lot to say about it. Um, but that's probably enough for tonight. Um, I, just to backpedal a little bit, I probably should have mentioned this when we were discussing abortion. But what you just said, um, that is the same for any issues that come up. You know, if you have had an abortion in the past, you, um, God, God is a God of restoration. He can heal that in you. Um, and, and we love you. Um, yeah. Okay, we've got uh, three sort of categories left and we've got about three minutes. So let's try and smash these. Rapid. Um, so modesty. Why do girls have to dress modestly but guys don't have to? Oh, why do we leave this for three minutes to go? <laughs> Let me jump on my soapbox on this one. <laughs> Try and do it in a minute if you can. Okay, I can do this really quick. Um, all right, so before I started dating Judah, before, um, before we got married, I, had, I was the same. I was like, yeah, guys, it's your problem. You guys should just look away. Um, we Girls, you know, we should be able to wear bikinis. And um, I was kind of like, it's a guy's problem. Started dating, especially when we got married. Guys have, they are different. They're differently wired to us yeah. girls. And so, girls, cover up because you are doing a simple act of just covering up. You're helping your brothers. You're helping the guys not lead into sin. And I think it's about respecting the opposite sex. So, girls, respect the boys by covering up. I know there is um, girls, I know it is nice to be desired and it is nice to be wanted, and especially if you feel like, you know, you want to show off your body. I get that. But you're also leading guys into, you're making it harder for them what, than it needs to be. Does that make sense? Yep. So cover up. Help your brothers. Help the guys. If you want them to just be your brother in Christ, that's not the way to do it. <laughs> that's not it. And, and I think it's, it's also, as I said, it's about being respectful because you just, all you have to do, if you cover up, you are helping them by not because, yeah, you're just leading them somewhere, which is making and it harder. Save it for your husband, mate. Can, can I say, yeah. 
so let's let's just have a window into Jesse and Geordie's marriage. So the more of Geordie's body that she only lets me see, that means so much to me, right? And I can tell you, girls, your future husband, if, if you dress in, in a modest way uh, around everyone else, but when it's just you and your future husband when you're married, uh, what you're saving for him means a heck of a lot to him. It, it's, it's showing how much you respect and value your relationship with him, and you're saving something super special for him rather than putting it on for the whole world to dis- to, to see. So yeah. don't, we, You don't have to wear a burqa or a nun's outfit. Don't get me wrong. But yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, if we can just talk about the practicals of this. Um, I have one story of humiliation from when Jesse and I were dating, and it was... <laughs> Um, I didn't understand this or respect it at all when we first started dating. He had to sit down and explain it to me. Um, And we went to the beach one day and I thought I would pull out my gorgeous red bikini. It was pink. Pink. It was red. You know, this is like the whole, the dilemma of girls and guys are colorblind. It was red. Um, (laughs) And anyway, we were climbing on these rocks and this wave came and it took me out. And thankfully, I think my swimmer stayed on. But Jesse did not save me. And afterwards, um, when I climbed up the rocks and, you know, put myself back together, I said to him, what were you doing? You didn't grab me. And he was like, I didn't know where to grab. <laughs> and so... Um, just, just stayed out of it. <laughs> Lord, if you want to take her, you take her. <laughs> so I nearly lost my life. So girls, wear some clothes, please. If you want to have more of a conversation about that, because I know it's and, a big conversation. And guys, guys dress modestly too, right? It, it looks different what modesty means for guys and girls because we are different. But guys aren't walking around in Borat like undies, right? That's not modest. We wear, you know, board shorts. We cover stuff, right? So, yeah. Guys aren't exempt by any means. Okay, so. Sorry, I have to add this because I'm a mama and I have quick. a daughter. It's about self-respect too, ladies. It's about respecting yourself. You want to be a lady. You want to be respected. And flaunting things that you shouldn't be isn't going to earn you respect. It's about being respe- respecting yourself. Awesome. We can talk about that for days as well. So feel free to, to have a conversation if you want to, if you object to any of that. Um, okay, we're really running out of time. Really quickly... Should I stay with my partner if they cheat on me? If you have kids, maybe. I recommend that. I'd recommend staying together for the kids. Um, yeah, it's hard. You've got to ask yourself, can you trust them again? I guess that's the biggest thing. It's a case by case. Yeah. It really, really is. This isn't, there is no blanket answer for this question. Um, Is Jesus going to be a part of that restoration story? Then absolutely. Do you have children? Then you've got more than yourselves to think about. Um, Is it just you and that person? Maybe that looks a little bit differently. That's definitely a case by case. If you're not married, not. I think it's a red flag. I think it's a huge red flag. That would be a significant red flag. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I think you should add that to the deal breaker list before you get married. Yes. And also the Bible does say, 
unfaithfulness is a ground where God sees divorce as acceptable. Not necessarily necessary. You don't have to get divorced if someone cheats on you, but God will not say that's the wrong thing for you to get divorced if, if, if unfaithfulness occurs. All right, this is the absolute last question. Thank you for those giving us patience for a couple more minutes. But this is quite an important one. And we're not going to go too into too much depth here, but I think we should touch on it and we'll save the rest for forever free. But we have a couple of questions along these lines. So what if I feel like I'm gay, lesbian or anything else? Am I still welcome in our church and how will I be treated? What if I'm attracted to someone who's the same gender? Or someone else said, kids at school keep calling me gay. Am I? So absolutely, you will be welcome and we will love you no matter what. Uh, You know, whether you're gay or straight or whatever does not determine whether we love you or not. We have a stance on three things. We will always love, accept and forgive you no matter what you do to us or to anyone else or who you are, anything like that. So that in no way shapes the way that we love you. Um, But we still recognise that it is not a preferable way to live and that God did not design us to live that way. And so that, I think that's a journey that we have to walk uh, with people and um, probably a far deeper conversation than what we can have in this kind of context. But what's really important is that you know that we will love you no matter what. And I think it's similar to, you know, when, when you get married and you've committed to that person, it doesn't mean that you will now no longer feel any attraction towards anyone else, you know? Like... If you feel attraction towards attractive people, then you are a healthy human being. And that's not a sin to to feel attracted. But uh, what we need to do is say, is, is my, do my feelings and my attractions, do they line up with God's will for my life? Do they line up with the way God says things should be done? And if they don't, for example, me being attracted to another woman outside of my marriage, that's not healthy for me. If I pursue that or entertain that or you know, spend time with those feelings, that will only lead to bad things happening. So I make the choice to give those feelings to God and surrender them to him and then get on track with where he wants me to go. And I think that applies to all kinds of sexuality, right? So homosexuality is the same thing. That might be an attraction that doesn't really line up with God's best for your life. And you have a choice. Am I going to let that feeling define who I am or am I going to recognize that feelings come and feelings go and most likely you're going through puberty and everything's changing and I'm going to surrender those emotions and those attractions to God and let him create in me what he knows is best for me. Um, the other day we were having breakfast and, and Ramy was licking her milk, the milk from the room, the cereal out of the bowl and Neve was calling her a puppy dog and barking at her. Um, and what I'm getting at with that is that if someone at school was to call you gay, that does not make you gay. Just like it doesn't make Raimi a dog. <laughs> um, yeah, I can't stress that enough. Who does God say that you are? Who are you created to be in the image of Christ? So It's probably good for Sammy to talk about her analogy. I think that was a really good one. Yeah, let's close with that. I just think that um, the mind is a battlefield and we do a lot of um, wars in our mind and we need to uh, practice and learn how to take thoughts captive. 
uh, when we're talking about homosexuality, when you walk into an ice cream shop, you've got all these different flavours of ice cream. And uh, one flavour of ice cream is black licorice. Now, I'm not a fan. I don't like black licorice ice cream. But I contemplate and I mull over every single option in front of me. My point being is you have a lot of options. We live in a fallen world. The world offers you all these options. Just because you consider them and look at them and think about them does not make that who you are. So if you have uh, looked at your options and you think, oh my goodness, I thought about this, that must be who I am. That is a lie. That is not who you are. You have just been presented with options and you have thought about these options. You take those thoughts captive and you place them at the foot of the cross. Um, so don't ever feel guilty about thinking things. As long as you go straight back to God, straight back to Jesus, and you lay them down and what Jordy said, what's your will for my life? And does this line up? Then you will continue to do what God's purposed for you. Do not feel guilty about the way you think. Take those thoughts captive. Yeah. Awesome. Let's uh, give everyone on the panel a hand. And uh, maybe uh, our piano player, maybe if she wants to jump up. Uh, there she is. Um, we're going to wrap up. And I just I wanted to reiterate. So first of all, uh, thank you again for asking questions. And for the questions we didn't get to tonight, they're a bit more of a spicy nature. And they deserve a conversation and probably a split up between guys and girls to talk real talk. And so we're going to try and do that on Forever Free. Keep praying that we will definitely be able to go. It's looking likely. Um, if not, we'll find another uh, space to do that in. So we are going to talk about everything. And uh, don't feel like there's any questions that are off limits. Um, in a respectful way, you can ask whatever you want to ask. Also, if anything we've talked about tonight has sparked more questions in you, and you're like, but what about this? Or I'm not sure about that. Or I don't know if I agree. Please come and talk to us. We are not going to say, well, you're wrong. We're not going to judge you or anything like that. We want to help you because we want you to know that God loves you. And He's created this wonderful thing called love and relationship and marriage and sex. And He wants to see you have a healthy, fulfilling satisfying experience with those things. And He doesn't want you to have regret. He doesn't want you to see yourself in pain and hurt unnecessarily. And so that's why we feel it necessary to talk to you guys about this stuff. We want to warn you. We want to give you advice and equip you with wisdom so that when you are faced with tough challenges and you have to make decisions for yourself, how am I going to conduct myself in my relationship? How am I going to uh, work towards marriage? What is my view and values on sex? We want to give you that wisdom so that you can make the best possible decisions because we we won't have the heart of God on that one for you. So uh, I, think, I think that wraps us up uh, for tonight. Let me just pray for you guys and then we'll close the service. Lord, thank you that you love us so much. And... Uh, and that you are willing to walk every journey with us. And God, you've given us free will. I thank you for that. I thank you we're not just robots. And Lord, I just pray that you would help every single one of us to draw near to your voice, to let you be the, the guide when it comes to these kinds of relationships, 
to let you be the standard that we try and set in our lives so that we can reap the benefits of doing things your way. Lord, I pray for those of us who have not done things your way and done things our own way. God, would you begin that restoration journey in us? Would you walk with us and heal us from our own mistakes? And would you help us to handle the consequences of those decisions in the best way possible? And Lord, I thank you that no matter what we've done, no matter who we are, you still have an incredible destiny for our life. We love you and we just honor you tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome. Well, with that, our service is over. The love gurus have spoken. (laughs) Not really. And uh, we look forward to seeing you guys next week. So please pray for Forever Free, the 12th of January to the 15th, 16th, whatever it is, the Friday. And, uh, And we look forward to doing that. So have a wonderful weekend and we'll see you all next time.